Hello and welcome to episode 8 of Filter Watch, Small Media's monthly podcast on Iranian internet policy. I'm Kyle Bowen. Last month, the Iranian government announced that phase one of its national information network has been completed. But what does that actually mean for internet users in Iran? Will this really lead to Iranians being cut off from the global internet? In today's show, I'll put these questions and more to a technology reporter with BBC Persian who'll give us his take on what the future holds for Iran's national internet. But first, headlines. According to the latest official statistics, 28 million Iranians currently use Telegram. The figures also claim that more than 1 million Iranians have visited porn websites. The Internet Society claimed it would be unable to provide Iranians with support for participation in the Internet Governance Forum due to U.S. sanctions. One Iranian Twitter user posted a letter from the Internet Society, which stated that the Office of Foreign Assets Control restrictions prohibit them from working with individuals who live in Iran. Memari News, an architectural news website, has been filtered on the order of a state prosecutor. The website previously published an article exposing corruption in the municipality of Tehran. And that's it for news. Up next, we'll talk to a keen observer of Iranian internet developments about the recent changes to Iran's national information network. To discuss this topic, I'm joined by Bahrang Tajdin. He's a technology reporter for BBC Persian. Bahrang, welcome to FilterWatch. Thank you for having me. Could you give us an overview of the national information network for those who aren't familiar? So this is a almost a decade-old project that uh, at the beginning many people were wary of it, very uh, skeptical about the needs for it and the fact that whether it is achievable or not. So basically the idea was that as many Iranian internet users use many Iranian websites, instead of having these websites um, hosted on servers all around the world, let's build up uh, the capacity to host them inside Iran and keep the traffic inside Iran, which they thought is going to be more secure. Uh, it's going to cost much less because they, the country doesn't have to... Um, doesn't have to pay for the servers and doesn't have to pay for the traffic. And it is going to be faster because it doesn't have to go around the world. So, for example, if you wanted to, if many people wanted to go to uh, one of the news agencies or the state broadcaster website and, you know, use those websites, instead of uh, the traffic going outside Iran and coming back, let's have it all, uh, all here. It will be cheaper. It will be faster. We need to invest in our infrastructure. And after almost a decade, the government says they have uh, the first phase of this national information network is ready. And as it is ready, they say they have made a lot of progress in all these all these measures that they had to take in order to create it. But, and this is an important but, the idea of building infrastructure, building more server farms and uh, getting the different cities and parts of the country connected better with faster 
connections is one thing. Point that is kind of has become sticky is the fact that this network isn't part of the internet. It's an intranet. It's a nationwide local network. So at least in theory, it should be invisible from the outside. So it is not part of the internet. It, it is a network parallel to the internet. And that has caused a lot of controversy. And that has uh, brought a lot of criticism to the government for doing this. What do you make of the recent announcement that phase one of the National Information Network is complete? Well, again, the, the, we are short on details. We don't know exactly because people who announce these stuff, they say now it is ready, but you don't know exactly what is ready. But it seems like, so there, at the moment there are quite a few Iranian websites that now are hosted inside the country. They are connected to a network. And it seems like from now on, uh, customers, internet users on certain networks, certain ISPs or maybe even mobile networks can access those websites uh, using this new uh, nationwide intranet. Uh, which means they are not going to be charged, you know, for the internet for using them. So they've got, I don't know, certain speeds and certain bandwidth uh, allowance for the internet and another one for uh, the intranet. It seems like it's more of that, but honestly, <laughs> the details are so big that it is quite difficult to make very informed and robust analysis of what this first phase actually mean. Concerns have been raised that the development of the National Information Network might lead to Iran being cut off from the global internet. Do you think there's any reason to worry about that? Well, it depends on who you ask. If you ask the Iranian government and Iranian authorities, they say, no, 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 we are not going to, we, we, we haven't got any plans to cut off the nation from the internet. We, are, we just want to have better access for domestic websites and actually create the infrastructure and create a way for the Iranian businesses, internet businesses to have a chance of competing with global companies, global competitors, because now they've got some sort of advantage that before this they didn't have. So from now on, if, if you're Operat, for example, and you want to provide a video on demand service, because you have people have got better speed, can access your service faster than any foreign competitors, maybe that could give you a breathing space to, you know, compete with them and to encourage users to use, you know, Iranian websites. Because historically, Iranians have been very suspicious of using any domestic website simply because they don't feel safe. They don't feel that they are protected. They don't feel that their privacy is respected. They don't feel like they can trust the government not to not to spy on them, to put it mildly. And the problem with this nationwide intranet for the critics is that it gives the Iranian government the ability to, if they wanted to cut the internet, 
people would still have access to Iranian websites that deputy uh, ICT minister recently said it's like 60% of the country's traffic that is now going inside the country. It doesn't go outside. So it would give you a, a, a limited scope of access to you know, certain uh, services, maybe certain websites, certain even social, social networks. But then you wouldn't have access to the outside, the country's infrastructure, banking, and all the rest of it, these networks that some of them are kind of extranet, uh, they are set up as extranets, they can still function. People wouldn't have access to any foreign websites. And that has been the major criticism. And many human rights and freedom of speech activists believe that it is very dangerous the thing is, we can see some sides to both of these arguments. So we can see that in the past five to 10 years, some Iranian websites and services have been set up. Some, some of them have been even successful, but you still see that, um, you know, people, when it comes to things like messaging uh, and messengers, people are still very, very uh, reluctant to take up any Iranian equivalent to the likes of Viber, WhatsApp, or Telegram, which is which has been the kind of uh, the most talked about messenger in the past uh, year or two in Iran, because the Iranian authorities want want Telegram to bring its servers and put them inside Iran, so the Date, uh, the Iranian users' data is stored inside Iran, but Telegram has been refusing up until now. So the thing is, you can see that Iran needs to do something if it wants to uh, keep at least some of the business that Internet generates inside the country and not lose everything to the global giants. But on the other hand, there is there hasn't been any robust promise or robust mechanism to believe that this national information network is not going to become another oppression tool. And that is what the Iranian authorities haven't been able to kind of address up until now. Okay, we'll have to leave it there. Bahrang, thanks so much for speaking to me today. You're welcome. In our last segment, we'll look at a few interesting statements from Iranian politicians and ICT policymakers. Abdul Samad Khoramabadi, Secretary of the Commission to Determine Instances of Criminal Content, announced that Pokemon Go has been filtered. He said that the game poses a security risk and causes trouble for citizens. Previously, Iran's Computer Games Foundation said that Pokemon Go's content is not problematic. Deputy ICT Minister Nazrullah Jahangard stated that internet users all over Iran, from young kids to elderly people, have access to circumvention tools everyone knows how to bypass filtering systems. Supreme Council of Cyberspace member Mohammad Hassan Entezari said that 60% of Iran's internet bandwidth is being used by Telegram and called for the government to take action. Entezari called for the creation of a new legal system to regulate cyberspace. And that does it for this episode of Filter Watch. 
You can download previous episodes as well as today's show on iTunes or SoundCloud. Remember to visit us online at smallmedia.org.uk and follow us on Twitter at small underscore media. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.